Hello guys and welcome to episode six of the Blue Co Project podcast. It's your host Matt back again and I am joined by some wonderful guests as usual but sadly it's not for a, a good time because Chelsea being shit once again. Um, so first of all usual guests Jesters, Carlito, how are you guys? I'm okay. Um, you know, I, I exercised some demons last night on, on, on uh, Mitchie Boy's channel. And, you know, after a lot of thoughtful conversation, you know, some con- contemplative moments last night, this morning, I've just come to the conclusion that we're not there yet. We're just, and I know that that's, it's an obvious thing to say, but it's true. We're not there yet. And I always, I always revert back to this when I think about, you know, the peaks and valleys, the ebbs and flows of a club, and not just over one season, but over an arc. Um, and I remember when Paul Pierce first got onto the Boston Celtics, you know, early to mid-2000s, he was great. The team was, was poor. The club was poor. You know, we're coming out of the 90s with Jordan dominance, you know, the Celtics were not very relevant. And, you know, and then they got the big three. And really, ever since then, they, they've been, been super relevant. And right now, right now, Boston is to, to win the title. They have the best team. They have the, the best players, certainly one of the best players in the league. But that is that is the peak of a club that's been waiting a while to get their 18th ring. Right. And it does ebb and flow, all right? There are going to be good times and there are going to be bad times. And I think that when you look back and you do a deeper dive into the last 20 to 25 years of our club, right, in particular from 2003 on, you have to think to yourself, uh, we spent a lot of money to paper over cracks. And sometimes it was dumb money. Sometimes it was irresponsible money. But we did it so we didn't have a lot of valleys. But in that process, it was almost an artificial fan experience because our owner, who had billions, was simply going to say, this club is not going to go into debt. If it's debt, it's my own debt because I'm the one putting money into this. And I'm simply going to ignore conventional wisdom and I'm just going to buy trophies and I'm going to buy success every year, which is what we did. It is what we did, and I'm fine with it because I, I love ownership like that. But there was not a lot of methodology to the madness. It was just throw money at problems and make sure that the fan experience is always at a high. But it is an unrealistic notion to think that now we're going to continue to have that new ownership. They want to do things differently. They want to have a long-term sustainable model with players coming through young to old, right? and they want to have that life cycle. But the fan experience, they are now really starting to feel what it's like to be a fan of another club. And I'm by another club, I mean any club in England, right? Man City wasn't always good. You know, Man United's been bad since 2012. But now we're in it, and people are freaking the fuck out because they don't know how to handle it. And it's it's showing. It is definitely showing, Matt. Yes, I mean, there's... <laughs> It's, it's the same. It's the same old stuff. Um, but I think it's 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 just football is a game that's always run in cycles. Um, 
there are times where you, you have times where Liverpool have been on top. You've had times where Manchester United have been on top, but that hasn't. None of, neither of them have stayed together forever. Liverpool went 30 years without winning uh, a Premier League. Um, then you've got United, who have not won anything in the last 10 years, whereas Chelsea have had a reasonably good 20, 21, 22 years. Um, arguably even more if you want to count the late 90s before Roman, where we were still winning trophies. For sure. Um, but we, Chelsea have also had terrible times. Um, there's been times where this club has nearly not been a club, and not even I'm not even talking about 18 months, two years ago. I'm talking about in the 80s. Um, we've always been a club that's been up and down. We've never been kind of just there. We've, we've either been in the shits or up, up top, which is why I do get... I understand that younger fans who have not experienced the lows, it's going to be a bit foreign to them, um, this kind of struggle. But I don't understand the more older fan base that seem to be reacting just as bad as the younger fan base because they should know better um, and are more experienced to know that these things happen. Um, But, I mean, for me, the team shit, um, and then... What makes it worse is I go onto Twitter and I and any form of social media and I just see the same shitty reactionary stuff, which I just think there's a reason we're in this shit and probably is because too many of these opinions are spoke about and projected not just on like fans but in the media. Um, doesn't that necessarily have an impact on the club? But it seems like we go in that direction and it's just it it pisses me off to be honest. Um, yeah. Well, it is what it is. Um, also welcome to the channel, um, Andrew Winter Surfer. Uh, first appearance on the new podcast. Andrew, how you been? How you been? I am fine, guys. First of all, thank you for the invite. I do appreciate it. Um, yeah, just going on. I just like the revisionist history at this club. I saw somehow yeah. we we got, we went from treble winners to this uh, this uh, state right now. You know, like we weren't we weren't our recruitment's not been crap since 2015 and stuff like that and we were just getting rid of players this summer that have been there since 2015 but you're right listen are we going for a tough time yeah that's what all football clubs don't go through they go through a tough time <laughs> look at man united right now going through a tough time they were dominant you know so i'm just i'm just sitting here i'm just waiting to see what happens has the ownership done everything i'm just right no but it's all part of learning themselves you know i think they'll throw money at stuff when they have to throw money at stuff like we're getting a new striker but uh, mm-hmm. listen they didn't come into a place that was 100% running properly or else we'd be sitting on like 12 titles right now and about five European Cups. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just bored with the same narrative. You know, now it's targeting players like Enzo Fernandez, you know, and it's like, honestly, I'm with you, Matt. I, I know I'm part of it as well, but I go on like, I go into it spaces for about 30 seconds and then I realise I don't want to be in there anymore. Uh-huh. You know, and I just jump out, and then, you know, I don't mind reactions, people shouting and stuff like that. But if it makes sense, then it makes sense. But shouting for shouting needs just doesn't doesn't work with me. But you know, we're in a disappointing. Like you said, I've been supporting Chelsea pre-Roman, so I know what losing to teams like Brentford at home feels like. You know what I mean? So it's, it's it's all good. But yeah, like again, thanks for having me on the podcast. So. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, we all know the result, 2-0. Um, typical Chelsea result of playing 
okay in the first half, reasonably dominant on the ball and most aspects of the game. Don't score the few chances we have. Go into the second half, Brentford score what the one basic chance they have. They suddenly are on top. All right, we can see the last-minute goal for a which I, I I don't really care about that goal. It is what it is when you try to chase a lead. Um, but it just seems the same stuff. I watched this game back because um, I wasn't able to see it live, and if if I just covered the scoreboard and watched it, I'd think I'd be watching the Nottingham Forest game because it was exactly the same. Um, mm. Basically, just change the kit. Changed a couple of the players on the other team, and it is the same game over and over and over again. And there has been games like Fulham that has been different, but predominantly this is the same mould of game that when we play defensive teams, we, for one reason or another, struggle. Um, which Carlito did make a, a good post online saying that all teams struggle against defensive teams, and I, 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 I take that into account, but I think... It's the how how the pro, the amount of times we struggle against defensive teams compared to other big teams and the amount it it it's it in I'd say it's probably uh, if you actually looked at it, probably at least forty to fifty percent of low block uh, defensive games we lose whereas I think you probably look at a City Liverpool Arsenal type probably is more down in the tens twenties thirties that they lose in an odd one here and there but. Not as much as we did. Um, obviously, it's probably going to probably going to rehash the same old stuff. But what went wrong? Well, I mean, you you failed to introduce one of the people in this panel. Well, I I said Carlito and Jester, so I, I gave you both the opportunity to talk. <laughs> Last and certainly least, Jared, how are you? <laughs> oh, I was just doing my impersonation of a Chelsea uh, match going fan. Oh, no, my God. I, I mean, I, I, I'm told that they're a huge part of how we play. Well, I guess that's true yesterday. Because the fan base was worse than the freaking players on the pitch. Silence is not golden when you're at a freaking football match. Uh, are, you, yeah. are you blaming Fatour? No. Uh, well, I, I mean, it, Fatour's living, you can blame him. I mean, he's just like a human punching bag at this point. Uh <laughs> But, I, I, you know, I, I hear all this thing, oh, we can't play on, on, on Christmas Eve because the match-going fan is so important. Really? I didn't even know there was any fans in the stadium yesterday, except, you know, Brentford fans. They would, I don't think there was any Chelsea fans. Oh, yeah, Maybe after the first guy, 20 sh- minutes. You, you had that one guy at Shush Jacks or Jackson Shushed. Well, yeah. 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 It, let me ask but, you a question, Andrew. Is yeah. is because of the place where the Chelsea fans live and the economic, basically, city in reality in which they live, is that why they're not as raucous as you know people from Merseyside? Because Chelsea is posh. Chelsea is mm-hmm. Chelsea is a posh neighborhood, and like, mm-hmm. is that is that why they're not? as you know wild as a liverpool crowd my theory is this my theory is that look at last week's atmosphere against arsenal i thought that was very good last week's uh, atmosphere against arsenal 
My theory is that in every team, they only get up for any, they need really allowed for eight to 10 games per season. Hmm. So uh, any local rivalries like local derby, um, any big games at home and any like European big games, stuff like that, they only get up for that. We're the same. Yeah. If you, if you, if you watch that Spurs Fulham game on Monday, that, that crowd was dead. Okay. Absolutely. And, and, I mean, they only get up for they only get up for really big matches. Like if we were, if we play unless they absolutely, well, which they could do, unless they absolutely the Tottenham. You listen to that Tottenham crowd on Monday when we go and play them. That would be a very loud crowd. Yeah. And I think in in, it's, in contrast, obviously, it's when you look at the, you compare the atmosphere for the away end, the away games, and the away crowd to the home crowd. The away crowd. Generally, no matter what game you go to, it's always firing. You always hear it. It's constant. Mm. If you're getting battered, if you, if, you get, if you're getting battered six nil, then it does either, well, it either quietens down or you get very angry. But yeah, I, I don't mind. I don't mind quiet. anger. If, 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 if as long as you're loud, I don't give a shit whether it's positive, whether it's angry, happy, whatever. Just want loudness. But so the away fans are not necessarily moaning about. I, I, I'm fine with it. But the home game is just so <laughs> horrible, and it, it's not every not every stand. You got one tick, one 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 stand that does at least try and get something going. <coughs> get the well, it, it, this 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 is the same fan base who who don't understand when the players only get up for the big games and don't get up for the small games. Okay, they don't understand that that's happening right now. It's easier to play against Arsenal, Tottenham, the big teams, than it is to play against your Brentfords, your Nottingham Forest, because uh, there's there's something to it. What, number one, it's easier to play against those teams because they actually play football. They don't park the bus, as it were. So it's easier to play against those teams. But number two, they're 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 big teams. Those are those are your ri- rivals any year. In, in the league, so that you know, it's easy for the for the players to get up for those games. It's not, you know, winning sides get up for every game the same. They play them at the same, you know, or at a higher intensity. They're not going to play down to the level of their opponents, but that's what we do. We play down to the level of our opponents, and the fan base doesn't help that out. The fans in the stadium were just awful yesterday. I, I I'm sorry to tell you this, but. If this is what you're going to provide, I don't care if you ever go to another game because I can I can I can I can listen to silence with nobody or somebody in the stadium. You know, but saying that the players only get up for big that that's arrogance, man. If that's the case yeah. with these players, that is arrogance because I'm watching Man City warm up right now. I'm watching them warm up. Holy fucking shit. Are those players dialed in? Yeah, but and that's why so, yeah, but so much of that is fear. It's fear-based because they know. Jack Grealish knows. I mean, last year Jack Grealish played a ton. Now he's getting benched for Doku. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's so much appropriate fear in that team because if they give 99% effort, Guardiola will drop them. Like his third period French, like he will drop them at, in an instant. He won't hesitate. He won't even have to think about it. He'll just say, "Oh yeah, you're not playing next game." Like and there, that fear 
of knowing that there is such an expectation there. He doesn't even have to motivate them. They're self-motivated. Right. He, might self -motivated. Them, he might drop them even if they play well. Even if they play well! Just to <laughs> fuck with them! Just, yeah, to, yeah. just to psychologically rib them. He will do that's that. Why, that's why City's going to win the league and we're not. Yeah, I mean, so, uh, like, it, so like when I'm hearing that these players, they have to be motivated by the moment to get up for a game, and, and, and the, the, the opponent needs to be... Um, you know, a big opponent or else they won't waste their time getting up for the game. That's horrible to hear. And well, you may I, I be right think, about this, Jared, though. You may be right about this. Yeah, but uh, I don't I mean, like hearing it. I think it's well, nice I, I, as well. I, I, if, if, your, if your crowd, if, the hope, if, if, if your crowd is silent and dead, that translates onto the pitch very easily. If, you, if you've got a crowd that is robust, angry, and looks like it's going to tear shit apart, you don't want you as a player are going to look and go. I don't want to piss them off, but our fan base is so tepid that they're like, ah, we'll get a boo. We might get a, a, an odd fan moan at us, but it doesn't matter. I still got my paycheck. Doesn't doesn't matter at all. And it, it, I mean, it's it it is arrogance, and but it is part of the human mind. Human mindset is if if we if if we're allowed to be lazy, we'll be lazy. Um, and especially the modern day attitude with modern day people. Um, but it is what it is. Uh, I don't think the uh, atmosphere at Stamford Bridge is going to change anytime soon. I think that's been a problem for many a years. Uh, the difference was at least before we had a team that didn't really need a, a, need a crowd to up and, um, in that aspect. Um, but yeah, can't, can't help it at all. But um, moving on to kind of the game itself, um, I, I, I don't even know what to say. Just shite. Um, for me, I, I keep seeing everyone having a go at the lineup, having a go at substitutions, having a go at, oh, just Jackson is the only reason we're, 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 that we're flopping in this, which I just find it's like 10 games and we're just ruling out another striker, go and get another one in January, which will in six months be on the same road. Uh, we'll go and get someone else because, you know, we do not. For me, I don't. I, I just don't think we supply our strikers enough, well enough. Some of, some of them don't help themselves um, a little bit with trying to get the ball for themselves. But in these sort of games, we simply don't create enough chances for our strikers to score week in week out, um, and we keep making the same mistakes of picking on one specific person or one specific thing. Um, and I just, oh, I don't know, I'm fed up. Um, what are your guys' opinion on kind of the attacking problems at Chelsea in against defensive teams? Go ahead, Andrew. Look, this, this, or Jared, whatever. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I, I have a lot to say on this subject. I think it's okay. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. It, it, it's uh, the the narrative around it is BS. Um, you can't break down. We can't break down low blocks. Well, we did break down a low block yesterday. We didn't score. And if you break down a low block and somebody's playing, you know, let you have 90 percent, 98 percent possession at points in the game and you do nothing with that. As soon as they turn you over and score, you're going to lose because you've had total dominance and you and, and you, you did not capitalize on that dominance you see it in every sport everywhere the team on top 
is playing out of their mind and can't score. And as soon as the other team score, it's done. It's over with. You, I, you can – any team sport, it happens. So to say that this is something uniquely to Chelsea is BS. Number it's two – It's not unique to Chelsea. Number two, you have to have individual moments against 11, you know, 11 players behind the ball. That's why we haven't been good at breaking down low blocks since Eden Hazard left. Because he guess what? He could beat a man and get people out of position, make a pass for a score, and boom. There's no more low block. We didn't do that yesterday. Why, did Mark, why was Mark Kukurea the one with the shot? Because he made the run from deep. Because they're not marking that guy because they're don't, they don't mark runs from deep. Those are the things you can do. So that's why he was open. That's why it wasn't a striker. Because the striker, they're watching for runs. From a left back, they're not watching for that run. That's why he was there, and that's why he was open. But you've got to put that crap away. Point blank shot. I don't care who you are on the field. You're, you're a professional footballer. You should be putting that in the back of the net. And uh, the, the fact that we didn't, and we just, we just uh, you know, once we got scored on, we gave up the buck, and that was it. Um, it's a poor mentality, but that's from a team that has not been a lo- uh, together for long enough. And so they're not, they don't, they don't play pick me up football as in, I made a mistake, pick me up. It's not there yet. And until that is, that, that, that's there, we're going to lose close games like this. If we, we show dominance and, and don't capitalize. Andrew. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> you know, you're right. We broke down the, um, I don't like to say low block anymore. I'm just going to go back to the past. Oh, it's but... jargon. It's so jargon. That's why I, I, I just say defensive so, team. So let me be very clear. So I, coached, I coached for 12 years, <laughs> yeah. and I was around actual football people. And I was thinking about this this morning because I was talking to a coach this morning. Not one time have I ever heard really good coaches say the words low block. Yeah. It is not a thing. It is sure. not a thing. That is that is online jargon from people that don't know but want to sound like they do know. Yes, parking the bus people. We we yeah, Chelsea yeah. fans know what it is. We have Mourinho, so we know what it is. And we're parking the buses. Okay, we excelled at parking the bus. So you know, let's uh, let's let's and be proud of it as well. But you're right. <laughs> we, broke it, we broke it down. My issue is that why am I seeing Mark Cooper? I know. I was I was watching like whenever Raheem Sterling had the ball in the first half he was dribbling I was noticing like no one else was breaking the nets to get in the box like there was no like Palmer wasn't doing it Jackson wasn't doing it Madueke wasn't doing it but then I see like one of the best ones in Kukurea and you're right Darren I, I he should have scored there's no excuse always oh, left back I don't care if you're in front of goal you got to finish that I don't care who you are you know what I mean I don't care if you're even the goalkeeper you got to finish that. But you're right, we should have we had that Raheem Sterling chance. There's a couple of others. In the second half, we were less than. I think we had that Palmer one where he mishit it right in front of the goal, which is criminal. But we had enough to beat that to beat that team, even without, even with injuries, even with um, the South bench, which wasn't really inspirational or anything like that. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, every time there's adversity with this team, and everyone's going to probably use the age thing, all the heads drop. No matter what it is, everything like last week when Rice scored that goal to make it two one. By the way, people, not like an equaliser, to make it two one, we were still winning. The heads drop and panic sets in, and yeah. then you can see it. 
they run out of ideas because you know you know you can tell when a team runs out of ideas they hopelessly cross it into the box to no one you notice that right there's no oh, one yeah. in there there's no way who are you crossing it to there's no one in there and can i just say and i know it's been a, a thing that's going for years our corners lord of mercy our corners they are pathetic most of the time there was one in the second half they tried to play it short and palmer and gallagher ended up kicking the ball off one another or something like that and Brentford went up nearly and nearly scored. But it was just, I think there was a lot of things that stood out yesterday. I mean, I think he chose the Sassi and Marina right for height reasons or something. And then we get beat on, we get beat on the back post with a header. The irony. I think we can all tell now that Gallagher, why Gallagher's further up the pitch, because he tried to do the Enzo job and it just didn't work yesterday whatsoever. And I think his performance actually affected like Caicedo beside him. I thought Caicedo did okay yesterday. But yeah. you can tell like Caicedo was good, had in the back of his mind, what is this guy doing beside me? I'm going to limit my game. And then Madaweki, I mean, not to even give Madaweki an, an more of an out, because, but it's not even like give him like a right back for support when you've got the Sassy who has no attacking intent whatsoever. And and just I just don't understand why he just didn't stick with the same lineup from last week. Give or give or take. You take Mudrick and Enzo out. You can put like Leslie in the Leslie in there. Have Caicedo do a bit more of the Enzo job, mm-hmm. and like pick Madueke or Matt or whoever. Pick Madueke uh, at the left side. Leave Sterling on the right. Sterling's been better on the right this season. I don't understand this. It's just I think Lewis tweeted out. It's like we took a couple of steps forward and then moonwalked backwards. You know what I mean? So it was like he had it all there. It was starting to turn a bit, not a lot, but getting some good, good. And I just feel like yesterday was such a, what was just such filled with bozo moments from the from the starting lineup to the rest. And by the way, that there was no one on that suspension that was going to do anything yesterday. I mean, to bring David Washington on for like 18 minutes to try and save the game was just in my mind that was just. That was just another bozo moment. It was like, what do you expect this kid to do in 18 minutes of his first but the, game? The, the problem is, is in that situation, it's like kind of, there is no one to bring on. But exactly. then if, if he didn't, if Poch didn't bring anyone on, you'd have people moaning that he didn't bring anyone subs on. So I think that's a situation of people were like, oh, Poch is substituting for rubbish. It's like, what if you can tell me what you'd actually do? Yeah, then, I mean, he, he the, Ars- the Arsenal one, I can un- I can understand. Yeah. A little bit, although I do sympathise that he took them players off and then we made that stupid mistake. Bad timing, and then after that, you can't really do anything about it. If that mistake That's, didn't happen, it wouldn't. We say again, tactics were fine, and we we would we wouldn't be moaning about it. So I think um, the management thought uh, there's no one on the bench, so this you I can't. Just say again, Cole Palmer was very good yesterday again. Very good. Very good yesterday again. I mean, tailed off with the rest of the team in the second half a bit. But you can see, I mean, the way, I don't know if anyone knows, did you see the way he was telling Jackson what to do in the first half? Yeah. <laughs> he was saying, you've got to run here. Like, so frustratingly so, Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Why am I telling, why is he telling you, a striker, what to do? <laughs> Just yeah. do that. But he's the truth, man. Palmer's the truth. Yeah, I, and I think <laughs> that, well, whether it's attacking mid or wing, I mean, I, I mean, even if he's playing wing, he drifts inside. Like, I don't care. Just put, play him on the field. 
Yeah. Uh, if Nkunku's playing a wing, then put him in attacking mid. If Nkunku's playing attacking mid, play him at wing. He is he's an indispensable player. Uh, and I just you could just tell that he spent the last ten years playing with really good players and getting yeah. really good tutelage and uh, pedigree, right? I mean, you could just tell he's been instructed to do so many things that have all improved him. So he like it's 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 instinctual at this point. I don't even think he thinks about it. He's just a naturally uh, intelligent player, and uh, that's because he put in. A lot of hard work in a probably very stressful environment. Um, but my, I mean, my thing yesterday, I mean, and I'm looking at the stats, almost 70% possession, 17 shot attempts, um, 10, 10 corner kicks. Uh, yeah, enough with the uh, over elaborate corner kicks. If you don't get the ball close to the six, then it's a wasted opportunity. Just get a fucking good ball in and try to hit ahead. Don't overthink mm-hmm. it. Um, the other thing is that like I saw this is this is where fans get in their own head. Uh, I saw a CFC Daily tweet this just a little bit ago, and then and this was this this notion was also floated yesterday. Why don't we give the ball to the other team to bring them out of their shell? That is a ridiculous notion. That is absurd. Like they've not if they, if they we just give them the ball, they'll just sit around with it. They're not going to bother. Yeah, they were given instructions to sit back. Look at this and go. It's Chelsea. It's Chelsea away. If we get a draw, we don't care. They'll sit with the nil nil and just be like, yeah, you know, it's it's as if it's as if they think as if the fans think that we're gonna pull one over on Brentford and say, hey, we're gonna give you this ball. This is bait. It's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous I, I, concept. I, you can do that against the bigger teams because the bigger teams have that arrogance to then go, yeah, I'm going to attack you. But you can't. It's like, like, oh, you just gave me the ball. Okay, well, I'm going to fuck I, you up I would, for that. I would love just once Potch to just do that and then watch the meltdown from these same people that said yeah. that because it would just be brilliant. Um, I mean, the, 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 the CFC Daily is a prime example of someone that just comes out with these ridiculous reactionary takes that. Uh, it just it hurts and oh, it, I mean these guys are conspiracy. It's, 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 it's conspiracy theorists. I mean it's just it's just it's just eight eight chan, but for for fucking sports. Okay, these guys are conspiracy theorists, and uh, like I just I I won't tolerate um, stuff like that. I mean like look I I get it. Some people are popular and they've they've earned their following. That doesn't mean that they're smart. Like, that does not mean that they're oh. you know people that deserve to be listened to just because they are listened to. Um, it's, it's quite ridiculous, but at the end of the day, look, we, we created plenty of chances. It, it's, it's about finishing like Mark Ucare, you, you know, you have to finish that. But another thing that I want to talk about, and this is something that, uh, some people did not like hearing yesterday on a particular stream. And that is Madueke, who was a good player, uh, and who was good last season. Um, just, you know, not really showing any balls. Um, really just not, not, uh, trying to attack. Uh, just just cutting inside or bringing the ball back, not going at your defender. And I think that type of attitude is a safe attitude. And I'm not trying to pick out one particular player, but this one was pretty obvious uh, that he just wasn't beating his man. And it's like, okay, well, then you shouldn't be starting. If you're not going to try and beat your man, you shouldn't be starting. Because I know that if Mudrik got the ball, he would try to be his man. Now, Mudrik did not have a good start to his Chelsea career. Madueke did have a good start to his Chelsea career. That's why Madueke was praised and Mudrik was uh, slated 
for 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 large portions of last season and the first part of this season. But that narrative is flipped, and now it's Mudrik uh, who's putting in more consistently good performances, and it's Madueke who, for a, probably a couple of different reasons, including that the manager, I don't think likes Madueke, and he knows it. Um, yeah, like he has not he has not had a good season. He has been very uh, erratic at best. And uh, just yesterday, I mean, it just showed that he's kind of in a shell and uh, he was not trying to be people. And that is not what we need right now. We need assertive attackers that want to make like life difficult for defenders. And so that's one that really stood out. Another one. Look, it's it's Connor Gallagher. All right. I, I heard, you know, I, whenever I do my lineups, I never include him. And in, because I don't part- think he's a particularly good player. And you have these guys saying, oh, my God, he's been our best center mid. And I'm like, no, 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 no. He's played the best that he is capable of playing. That does not mean that he is the best center mid. He's not. He's probably our worst center mid. He's played well for him. That does not mean that he has objectively played well. The bar is lower for Connor Gallagher because his foot skills are not as good as Enzo Fernandez or Caicedo or Nkunku or you know, uh, Carney Chukomeka, like his foot skills are limited. His first touch is limited. He is not a clean, shiny player. So the bar is lower for him. So when he actually plays decent, everyone's like, oh my God, Connor Gallagher. It's like, no, there was a regression to the mean yesterday. And it was as soon as he was asked to play a different role other than just, you know, the attacker that's not really marked very often. Like once he was actually asked to be in the trenches again and be a fucking center mid, you can see that he doesn't have it. And a lot of the Connor Gallagher heads yesterday were pretty quiet. And because he was asked to actually do a more difficult job and he wasn't capable of doing it because he doesn't have that skill set because he's not good enough. And I think I that. Think yeah, I mean, it's, as soon as Nkuku's back, as soon as Carney is able to play more, like, Connor's not going to play. Or they're certainly not going to play a lot. And uh, the Gallagher heads are going to be all up in arms. They're going to blame Poach, and they're going to be more aggressive about the Poach hate because they're he's fucking with their guy. But the reality is this: he's not good enough. And it showed yesterday because he was asked to do more than a very simplistic role. Yeah, since, since you're talking about uh, uh, players, um, can you can you please uh, give me your grade on Matson's uh, cameo at left back? Zero. So he's not physical enough to play left back in the Premier League. Yeah, it's almost like height matters, physicality matters. You have to be this tall to ride. Yeah, he's too <laughs> small. And, and uh, people are like, oh, that's an unsophisticated take. Yeah, sometimes sports is simple. If you're too small, you can't play defender. That's why Tariq Lamptey is not working out. Okay, it's why uh, – what is is it Martinez for Man United – yeah, yeah. He, gets, he gets beat on headers all the time. It's because he's physically limited. He's vertically challenged. And, uh, oh, my God, Matson. I mean, that second goal, he just got absolutely master blasted into outer space. Uh, uh, you could just show that he is too small. And I, I heard a lot of people not saying a whole lot yesterday about Matson once they realized that I've been right the entire fucking time about this player. <clears throat> so back to uh, Gallagher. Yes, um, please, please. I think it showed yesterday when you just ask him to just press, that's he's very good at it. But if you ask it to, if you add any more instructions to him, he, he can't do it. He simply it can't. It doesn't download. 
there's a load of buffering, you know what I mean? Or there's like, you know, <laughs> later sort yeah. of thing with him. And it showed yesterday. I mean, this crazy hate that Enzo has formed in his fan base is absolutely insane for me. Um, and they keep trying to compare him to Jude Bellingham. So basically, you're misprofiling a player to begin with. He's never They're been completely different. They're completely, yeah, completely different. different. It's, I want I, for 125 million, I want Jude Bellingham out. But okay, well, we didn't buy Jude Bellingham. We bought a player who plays further back than Jude Bellingham. So, you know, it's all good. I mean, yeah, I don't think like people. Andrew, do they not realize Jude Bellingham is an attacker? But, um, yeah, that's what I mean. And I'm also saying, like, and I'm not comparing him because he's nowhere near the levels yet. But are you asking for output from Tony Cruz and Modric? I'm, I'm just asking right now. That's all. You know, no one seems to ask for output for them. Or like Frank, oh, Frankie Dion's so good. Okay, what's his output? Because I don't believe Frankie Dion's output is very high at this moment in time because he's not that player. You know what I mean? So, but we showed, it showed yesterday. Gallagher further at the pitch works because he's pressing. That's why we call him Galladog because he presses like one. He, you know, he, he, he's like a dog with a bow. He doesn't give up. You ask him to do something yesterday, and it shows his flaws. It shows him that he can't do that. And I'm, and you might say it's a people might say it's a cop out, but I truly believe Caicedo in the back of his mind yesterday had thoughts about what this guy was doing. Yeah. What can I do? Because you could tell a little bit he wasn't on his games he had been previously. I'm not saying everyone else was, but you could tell he was. He made a couple of rash challenges to Caicedo that he hasn't made previously. Because I, I just think he didn't trust Gallagher like he trusts Enzo. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you can tell there that's a partnership between Enzo and Caicedo. And, you know, and and let's be fair to Gallagher. He's played, given what he's been asked to do previously, Gallagher, pressing-wise, has done very well. But, again, I Gallagher yesterday, I think he was just chosen literally because he's got seniority over someone like uh, Leslie Hugo Trippu. Yeah. That's the only reason for me, because I think I think uh, Uber Chipwork could have done a better job yesterday in that yeah. in that area, because he's he's suited for it, he's built for it, he's built to play that. And going on to Madueke, this guy is I don't this thing. Oh yeah, but he loves to play on the right. Dude is so left footed. Just play him on the left. Yeah. His right foot is literally just for standing and walking. He has no idea. His right foot to him is like telling is like telling someone two plus two equals five. It just doesn't work. Do you know what I mean? He just doesn't use it. And just, just put him on the left. I'm so sick of it. Oh, yeah, but he loves to play on the right. He keeps cutting in on his left. So what's the what's the point? All it does is on the right, it it stops the tax flow because he has to turn back inside. Yeah. So it's like, just play him on the left where he can easily just like whip the ball in or whatever or just run on and shoot because he doesn't have to adjust himself. I mean, he did have a great chance to hit off the post bar, the corner, whatever you want to call it. But you're right. It was like, but for me, like Madueke's been, you know, this color of NBA, he's basically he's been given garbage minutes this season. Yeah. <laughs> like like Mudrick used to get. And it's like, are you going to do the same? I don't believe he's going to do the same with what he's done with Mudrick and give him a run. I just don't believe that. So Madueke's going to be in and out of this team for uh, for the majority of the season, unless there's some really bad injuries and stuff like that, so like Mudrick and, and anything. He's going to be in and out. He's going to be one of those players that, we're going to see little flashes here and there, but we're not going to see much. But yeah, those two players yesterday, as, uh, don't, we're not singling out those two. Those, those are just the start of the two players we're talking about. Do you know what I mean? Others are, going to, others are going to get it as well. But those two stood out because of the irrational thoughts. Like you said, Gal Gallagher's been our best centre midfield. I refute that he's hardly played centre midfield this season. 
Do you know what I mean? He's played more. He's been the up. attack. He's, yeah, been, he's, he's, been, he's been attacking midfielder. Yeah, exactly. Effectively. And do you know why? I keep saying, do you know why he played so well against Arsenal last week? Because there's two guys behind him. Pause. In uh, Enzo and Caicedo. Do you know what I mean? So that's why he played so well, because he's got those two South American Bulldogs behind him that aren't going to get bullied. And that's why he's playing so well. And I don't, listen, I don't know what Enzo would have done yesterday to help, if he would have helped us win. I, I don't know if he would. It's a big question mark. But I tell you right now, we would have had more control in that midfield for starters. And it would have been, you know, everyone would have been a bit more, you know, I can't think of the word, my words fail me at the moment, but a bit more uh, comfortable at least, you know. In- oh, yeah. I mean, Andrew, anybody that's ever played, if you're listening to this, you know what I'm talking about. Like, if you're familiar with the people around like I, I played center mid you know in my youth like if I was familiar with the guys around me and I was comfortable and trusting about the rhythm um and you know knowing what they were going to do with the ball when I pass it to them it, there was a lot less thinking and was a lot more naturalistic and your this is an astute observation Moises Caicedo did not trust Connor Gallagher with the ball because Gallagher was closer to him what does that mean if you're closer <coughs> to the fence it means that your mistakes are are elevated. You're um, like they're magnified. If you lose the ball, you know, to a center back on the other team, it's, it's it, no big deal, right? Just we just try and win the ball back. But if you lose the ball to a center mid on the other team, that's you you makes the other team makes your team a lot more vulnerable. So the mistakes become heightened. When you're closer to your defense and him playing that position next to Caicedo, Caicedo's probably thinking to himself, fuck, if I give him this ball and he loses it, we're in trouble. Because it's different than when he's just playing second striker, which is what he was playing. That's what Jude Bellingham plays. And, like, you know, so when Gallagher's playing more of a deeper role, deeper into the midfield, yeah, yeah, Caicedo was probably like, shit, I don't really trust this guy with the ball. Because Enzo's so tidy, right? He's so good on the ball that Caicedo is, is, is very happy to play him, even under pressure. Because Enzo rarely, if ever, loses it. Like, he just doesn't lose the ball. Gallagher, he's a mess. He's a messy player. And it's just a completely different thing. Yeah, but I still thought Caicedo was fine. But you're right. The, the personnel around you, it definitely affects how you approach the game. Because I wouldn't trust Gallagher playing him a ball deeper in our own half i just wouldn't and uh he didn't either so i i just wanted to uh address some of the hypocrisy uh that was spoken on these players yesterday um i was told a few things uh number one madweke was hampered because he didn't have a right back playing behind him but when caldwell played left back nobody said crap about the left winger not having a good game when caldwell was the left back uh, so apparently, it you know, if apparently cer- certain players can play full back and be horrible and hurt the performance of the winger on the side, and others they can't. We'll just leave that the way it is. Uh, I also heard, oh well, he had to beat two two players yesterday. Really? Um, I remember. I used to say this week in, week out a few years ago about a certain American. Well, he's had to play. He's had to beat two players. Well, he, he should be good enough to beat two players is what I was told. Or, or you know, quit giving the ball away. So how oh. come it is now that, that these players don't have to beat two players? If they have two players on them, it's okay if they're crap. 
But we had players in the past that didn't get away with it. And we had players in the past that could deal with two players and get past them um, at hazard. Uh, because that's everybody's favorite Chelsea player, at least for the younger people in the fan base. Uh, <laughs> don't, 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 don't include me in that, buddy. <laughs> well, I, I said the younger play people. I, yeah. I know it's not, he's not your favorite, but, you know, for the vast majority of the, of the YouTube generation, it, he is. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I didn't make that up, but. Yeah, but you're, you're asking consistency of inconsistent people. And I just, I don't even bother. And that makes me come across as arrogant to this fan base, but maybe I am. I, I just don't expect a lot from these people, uh, especially with their opinions that uh, are not earned. Matter of yes, they didn't try and take on anyone. He just cut He just them. didn't do it. He just, just didn't it. try to beat anybody. The that only was time he ball. actually went past someone was that chance to hit the uh, ball. That's the only time he Because that was went. an inside cut. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he went on the outside, which is strange because he was doing it at a lot at the back end of last season. And whether you are like, oh, well, Poch doesn't fancy him or something like that in terms of, you know, picking him and picking him. It's like, well, OK, well, then when you're given a chance, try and assert yourself. Do you know what I mean? Try and make yeah. yourself stand out because you don't know when you're going to get another chance. You know, make the make the manager go, do you know what? He came in it was a difficult situation. He's not had a lot of football, but do you know what? He really impressed me. I'm going to run with this guy for the next two or like three, two or three games like I did with Mudrick. Let's see what he can do. But. Second half, and I know like the most of the team went away, but that's where you people use the age. Oh well, he's too young. He didn't do anything. It's like guys, players are starting at 16 now, not like 21 like they were like 10 years ago. Do you know what I mean? They're starting at 16. They're in shorter careers. They're finishing by 30 because they're starting at 15, 16. Yeah, grow some, grow some balls, grow a spine or whatever. Take the take the chance because. With these big clubs, you never know when you're going to get it. When you're playing for the likes of Bournemouth, you can have 30 stinky games and still get in the team. You know what I mean? So it's like, take the chance. <clears throat> Show why you're different from a Mudrick, a Sterling, whoever, a Palmer. Why, why, how can Palmer's been able to come into this team and literally be the first name on the team sheet in attack and assert himself? But you've been here and you're going to go, you're, they're going to go, well, yeah, well, he's had injuries and stuff like that. Well, so what? Take the chance and do something because you've literally been given garbage minutes and you haven't done anything. Mudrick was given garbage minutes at the start of the season. Look what he's done. You know, whether, you know, he's not been the best, but you can see definite improvements in his all-round game. Just, just get out. I don't know why we have to coddle so many people because of their age. I'm so sick of this age excuse. You know, like look at Saka and Martinelli. They were bought with it. They started playing when they were in their teens. They were consistently played. That does help. But they were given, you know, they they stood out. They took they took the challenge on. That's what I want. I'm an, I want Poch to stop challenging people more. You oh, know, I, I want Andrew. I watched Barcelona the other day. Yeah. Every week they have a new 17 year old center mid. Yeah. Every single week they got <laughs> Yamal starting right wing over um oh who's the Raf the, uh, over Rafinha like Yamal's 16 and he is starting every game that he possibly can. And it's like, yeah, like the age thing is is, is ridiculous because you're right. They are starting early and they're ending early. Like the, a lot of these guys will retire. Like Gavi, Gavi will run himself into the ground by 30. Like he won't even yeah. be able to walk. Uh, but like, yeah, the, the age thing, it, it's ridiculous. And it's a cop out. And it's just, it's selective prosecution. Like these guys, they, they pick and choose when they want to use that excuse. And it's yeah. basically because they pick and choose it based on players that they like. And it's, exactly. there's no consistency and there. 
and it should be looked at more how many games have they actually played because you 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 get you have a i don't know 21 year old that's played 20 games or obviously that's an unexperienced player and you expect them to develop because they're earlier in the development but you have someone like i don't know jude bellingham is how old 19 20 20 20 and he's played well over 200 300 games probably in professional football he's had four years of playing full-time men's football so he is much more experienced for his age. So I think that's where you've got to look at it. And there are some players in this team um, that are have played a lot of games. Uh, Axel de Sassi has played a lot of games for his age. Uh, Robert Sanchez has played a lot of games for his age. Um, even the likes of Conor Gallagher have played quite a lot of games for being a young player. So you, you, I, I don't want to give these excuses. That you, you say, I don't know, Andre Santos... Um, Andrew Gabriel, they haven't played a lot of professional games at a high level, so you can you can use that and go, okay, they are more inexperienced. But people just want to use age as a number because apparently that, Ian Young is inexperienced. Well, Sterling that, sometimes looks like the most inexperienced player out there, and he's one of the oldest. Matt, let me let me let me tell you guys something. Kendry Pires, right? We're going to get Oof. him in 2025, right? Oof. I, I have no doubt, right, the way he's playing. Because remember, he's playing for the international, the, the full international team now as well. He's 16, oh, yeah. right? Big boy football. By the time we, oh, yeah. by the time we get him, he's probably going to have over 100 games under his belt. And he's only going to be 18. Right? So this is like, this is what I'm talking about. It's try telling Kendry Pires, oh, it's okay. You know, you know, don't don't try and challenge Kendry Pires. Are you insane? Look what he's doing. I mean, the other day he came up for 10 minutes and scored a Waldy. You know what I mean? It's like, you can't tell, you can't, it's, I'm sick of this coddling of like, you know, you're big, you're, you're, if you're, if these guys, these young guys are okay to accept big boy wages, then I expect big boy performances. You know what I mean? It's like, you're okay to take the financial rewards. Now, te- now actually put that onto the pitch. You know, this, oh yeah, well, like I go back to Madaweki, I don't like really singing people out, but it's like, oh yeah, well, he, he, he loves to play on the right. Yeah, but he's right. He's left-footed. You know, I mean, imagine getting Ashley Cole to play right back. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's stupid. You know, just put, I'm sick of this inverted nonsense. You know, it's, it, it, okay, we've had loads of people that played, I mean, uh, Salah's left-footed, he plays on the right. Yeah, but you know what? He also dribbles on his right as well. He uses his right. Just because yeah. you're heavily one-footed doesn't mean you should constantly rely on that foot work on your game you're young enough yep. to work on your game where you can actually have a, a suitable right foot you know it's not just there to stand on and lean on and support yeah mara's mara's uses right foot all the time because he yes. would cut back like he was cutting inside and he would cut back outside that was one of his moves um yeah he did it all the time yeah hey, hey andrew just... are you going to be on the terrace later on to, to review the uh city united game uh i don't uh, i know i'm in the group chat they'll send the link in what what are you what are you what are you looking for? Well, just be prepared to. Oh, United got robbed. They never call that foul against anybody but United. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, just be yeah, prepared yeah. for that. Oh, is that is that is that Terry Fleur's joint? Yeah. <laughs> Terry Fleur's is having a worldie this month, my man. Uh, I, he's been real, real fucking quiet about Sanjo Tonali getting a ten month ban. But oh my God, it's the world against Ivan Tony. Give me a break, Fleur's. 
Jesus yeah, I, I, I just I, I watched it and I'm like, yeah, that's a penalty. No, it's usually not given, but it should be. Because if you given. tackle somebody in the box, it's a penalty. My response <laughs> like this, do not give them a chance to give that penalty. That's what I would say to people. Do don't give I mean? them just the idea. It, don't give them the opportunity. Just because yeah, it's not picked out, okay, that's fine. But don't give them a chance then to give that penalty. You know, it's just very simple, isn't it? You can't have one yeah. rule. You can't have two wrongs don't make a right. You know, just because they don't usually give it doesn't mean they shouldn't give it in this uh, context. You know, the three, don't, don't the three rights it. make a left, Jerry. Yeah, yeah joke. Yeah! <laughs> okay. Hey, hey, hey. That doesn't count against my dad jokes. So. <laughs> Andrew, Andrew, we are we allow Jared two dad jokes per podcast, and he really stretches the line, my man. <laughs> I haven't told one yet. I, I know, but I, I bet you like you got you got two in the chamber unless we're pondering. He's, he's, well, I got he's something got in the chamber, but it ain't a dad joke. <laughs> oh, that was a dad joke. There it is. Oh, That's one. Got one more there, Jared. You got one. <laughs> <laughs> Make it a good one. Uh, oh, it oh, never Jared, is. Make it a really bad one. A really bad it one, please. Never, yeah, when, because when bad becomes good, that is Jared's modus operandi. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, I mean, Matt, I, I kind of want to switch gears for a second here and just say, what are we missing? Because I, I'm looking at, like, they want to buy another center back. I don't think we need new center backs. I don't think we need new outside backs. I don't think we definitely do not need another center mid. We've got way too many, and one of them hasn't even played yet, and he's going to be a player. Really good. Romeo Lavia. What do we need? Because I'm looking at a team that is certainly missing something, but I'm also looking at a club that is willing to spend money on that missing something. What do we need? Is is it just as simple as Osherman? Is it just as simple as okay, maybe Ivan Tony or maybe the the, the that South American guy? I mean, what do we need? Because we are missing something, and it's not me excuse making. It's just me saying, ah, we're not scoring enough. Yeah, I mean, it would be simple to say a more proven striker, um, because as I, I don't think Jackson has been as horrific as people were making out. I think it's just flavour of the month for Chelsea fans to slag off a striker 10 games into this, into their season and career. Um, but it would be nice to have a more experienced striker to get us out of scenarios if and when Jackson is going up and down on his uh, trajectory. Um that would be the one. I mean, for me, it's not even so much players because I, I feel like you bring Oshiman in. I, I don't think that result necessarily changes. Um, I think the problem is 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 the way we it's it's almost the the way we play in against these teams that we need to. That's 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 more the major improvement that I want to see, and that's what we're missing. I think more as, as Jared kind of said before, speed and the ability just to create space by doing something individual. Um, you can't, we, we, we're so passive. And it, as, as we said before, we were as passive as the Stamford Bridge crowd, um, which is saying something. Um, if you are, if you are going at this with a bit more speed, full speed and not letting these players get into space and get into their, their defensive positions, 
you're going to create more chances for your strikers to eventually score. Um, and I think we're just so slow, methodic, um, and almost too rigid. These players are not just unleashing the handbrake and actually going, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick this game up by a scruff of the neck and go and do this. Um whether that whether that needs more players in, I think we've had enough players in at the moment um to try and change that and it hasn't already worked. So for me, I don't look and go and get in, me getting five or six more players. I don't see that changing because it's not what well, it's not changed with the first twenty players that we've replaced um oh. in the squad. Why would another five change that? Um I think we just need to work with the players that we've got and unleash that I don't like to use the word potential, but the potential in them to create them scenarios. The Mudricks. Madueke obviously wasn't showing it yesterday, but he has shown it before in games. Um, Sterling shows it every now and then, but needs to show it more. It's the consistency and, the, again, the way to break down these teams um, in a more efficient way than we do. It's so inefficient. And we may score the odd goal early and then we're OK. But as soon as we go 40, 45 minutes without scoring, the panic sets in. Um, we make stupid mistakes. We lose concentration, um, and that's why we lose these games. So we need we need to be a lot more. We just need to change the way that we approach these games, um, and that doesn't necessarily need to be a lot of tactical changes. These players just need to grab the game by the scruff of the neck, um, and then maybe adding Oshman in would help. Well, it, it's not like we're just going to get a striker in January. We are getting a certain Christopher and Kunku. And you pair that with a new striker who can actually has actually shown the <coughs> ability to score consistently, then yes, then you you do change your whole entire team actually, uh, because you now have more quality in the team. You know, Osherman or Tony is better than Jackson at this point. Mm-hmm. Full stop. You can't even debate that. They've shown more in their careers. Okay, uh, and Kunku is a better player than Connor Gallagher. There's two upgraded positions right there. And now you put that with the, the class of a Cole Palmer, either playing as a cam or on the right-hand side. And uh, I think uh, Mudrick is going to just continue to grow. Uh, the dude has all the tools. He just has to put it all together. Um, and whatever that looks like, it looks like. But then you can start to see, okay, now we have the quality of player to where we're not losing a game based on the deficiencies of the talent on the field. And uh, right now we can't say that because we do, we have deficiencies in areas. And I think those two, uh, you know, the one coming back in Nkunku and the one signing of Oshman or Tony, and I think it's going to be Oshman is going to be, uh, you know, job complete in the rebuild. There might be pieces here and there, but most of the big pieces have already been done. Well, yep. uh, oh, go ahead, go ahead, Andrew. I know. I'm, uh, yeah, I think you're right. It's going to be a massive upgrade. I just want a striker. We're going to bring someone like Nkuka in. You don't need a striker. I think Jackson's game right now, like, drops deep, goes out wide a bit. You need yeah. that front man who is essentially a central person, you know, that just is a target, essentially. I'm not talking about, like, hoof the ball up to him, he's going to head it on, but um, someone that's just the, that takes the, the that is this that is a distraction for the centre backs. It allows your players like a Palmer, like an Nkuku, like a Mudrick or a Sterling to have more impact on the game. And that allows them more space. And 
it would it will make a it will make a big difference. Even have even if you're bringing Justin Cuckoo back, uh, we need to see how he adjusts and stuff like that. But just having that player who can just do something out of nothing, which we haven't really had since Hazard left, who can just like we'll turn the game like yesterday from a from even from a defeat to a potential draw or a win. That uh, can just has has the brain that's better than everyone else on that pitch who doesn't see it coming. Who will score a banger from 20 yards or have that that chip through ball that no one saw coming and someone someone uh, scores. My my issue with Jackson isn't really Jackson. It's the fact that we're asking to leave this front line. Jackson is not Jackson this season and the next couple of seasons should be the impact striker that comes on like with 20 minutes left or 15 15 20 minutes left to do something. Asking to leave the line right now is just it's just not helpful to him. And you can tell he's just he just is like a deer in the headlights. You know what I mean? It's just and also he doesn't play like a natural nine. He likes to drift out wide, he likes to come a bit deeper. That's why I was so frustrated with him when Sterling was on those dribbles in the first half. Jackson wasn't in, in the box. Yeah. He's behind Sterling all the time, nearly. And it's like we're crossing it into our striker, but why are we crossing it into Jackson? I can't remember him being that very good at headers. He's not. To win the ball. That's what I'm talking about. So it's like, I need someone like an Oshman. I need someone like a Tony who will, who will have that impact in terms of them just staying there, not like drifting out wide. I mean, Tony, Tony's game is so undervalued or people don't understand Tony's game. I often say about Ivan Tony, if you want to go see how Ivan Tony can impact the game, this was him impacting the game without even scoring. Go to his performance away at Anfield last season. He played the central striker and he just handled that Liverpool defence by himself. He didn't even score. But everything else, he's got everything in this game. Osherman as well. Ivan Tony's got everything in this game. Even right now, when he's out, he's the second best striker in the Premier League. Right. I just believe it's an all round game. And people are going about, oh, yeah, we scored six penalty goals last season. Like penalties, what? Penalties don't matter now. Like, okay, oh, they're a goal. A goal's a goal. That's the case then. Take away a load of penalties from Lampard and don't recognise our first European Cup if you don't want to. If you don't want to. If you don't take penalties seriously. Yeah. Penalties. Penalties. I. Penalties are key. Okay. We've already seen it. Palmer's two goals are penalties this season. They're key. So, but I agree with you. I agree with Jared. I agree with you, Matt. We need. We need someone up there who just will change the game. Even help someone like Inkuku settle in. As well, because yeah. he's gonna have more space in the league because he's not gonna have as much space as he did in the Bundesliga. Yeah. So, and I, that was where I wanted to interject as well because obviously it's good to have in Cuckoo that will almost create them chances out of nothing and grab the game by the scruff of the neck. But the problem is, and even this was the problem with Chelsea when we did have Eden Hazard, was Eden Hazard was the only player that was willing to do that, and there would be times where Eden Hazard has good as he was, he would still be marked out the game and that would be a problem. And that was where we were still losing matches kind of like this even before um, Eden Hazard left. So we, we do need more players other than Justin Cuckoo to step up and do this. And you can hope that Madrid can do this. Palmer is is already kind of doing this. And yesterday is an example. Palmer tried to grab the game by the scruff of the neck, but you can't be the only one to do that. You've got to have multiple players doing it. When you look at a city, you've not got just... De Bruyne grabbing the game by the scruff of the neck. You've got Mar, you had Mares, you had Jack Grealish, you had whoever they had in the attack. Each one of them show having almost a different way to, to grab the game by the scruff of the neck. And you didn't, you, you 
it was so um, City were almost so unpredictable with their attacks that you are it is hard as a defender to predictably do one thing to stop it. So I'm gonna push back on that, Matt. I mean, people like this is this is this is a common theme is that people say, "Oh, Chelsea let Hazard down. They didn't surround him with anybody." That is ridiculous. Uh, Fabregas, uh, Willian, Juan Mata, Oscar, Diego Costa didn't surround him with anybody. Those were all really good players. Willian was an unbelievable player. Like I, no, that is just ridiculous that people think. No, that. I'm more I'm more talking about later Hazard Sari era when Fabregas was gone, Costa was gone at that point. You didn't have Oscar, didn't have Mata. Willian was. Not exactly his same self that he was at the start of his era. I'm talking more of the era where you had Jorginho, who wouldn't grab a game by the scruff of the neck, really. You had people like Higuain around it. I mean, in that year, it was Ruben off the cheek that had to just come off the bench and grab the game by the scruff of the neck. And that's why we started... Well, that was one year. It was also his best year as a Chelsea player. Hazard's 2018 season when he was 28 years old. It was his best year as a... Sorry, I was I wanted to interject something real quick. Um, okay. If I only get two dad jokes, uh, Matt can only say "scruff of the neck" neck twice. <laughs> oh my god, scruff of the neck. <laughs> um, all right, so the, the, this is where I wanted to go with this because uh, um, like, there's this tweet from Lewis. He says, "Nkunku is the biggest excuse going right now, and the amount of pressure Poach and Chelsea are putting on his shoulders after a long-term injury is unfair to him." What are you talking about, Lewis? unfair to expect that he's going to be a good player that's what the money is for don draper madman that's what the money is for that's what the expectations are for because we expect you to be a good player and when you're not on the field it affects the team when rodri is not playing for man city their best player they're not the same team so yeah i expect Nkunku to burn the world when he gets here all right, I, you're goddamn right. I've got expectations for him. You're goddamn right. There's pressure on him. Get the fuck out of here, you guys. This is just another example of babying, and I love Lewis, but this is just another example of babying these guys. No, 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 no. I expect from Nkunku. I expect. Okay, you're damn right. There's pressure, and one of the things that I expect from him is I actually think until January. When he's back, he will be playing striker. I don't think he'll be playing attacking mid. I don't think he'll be playing wing. I think that Pochettino will play him at striker. Center forward. Semantics, Jared. Semantics. He's the guy that's in front of everybody else hanging out next to the center backs. If you guys want to get into semantics arguments, which is what Twitter is obsessed with, by all means. you 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 have to be specific. For some of the people that listen, that are going to listen. Oh to my! This. You know what? You, you know, know what? They, 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 they're eating lead paint chips all day. I mean, they, I they was have, never this specific. specific when I was coaching. I only well, became I, more okay. specific when I got on Twitter because that is what people love to do. They have semantics arguments because they—that's the only thing that they know how to talk about. Uh, now, when Nkunku comes back, you're damn right. I expect from him. All right, that's what the money is for. That's why his reputation is what it is. Because he scores goals. Because he creates opportunities. Because he bangs. That's what I want. All right? And now you're damn right that I will expect it when he gets back. Same with Lavia. When Lavia plays, I expect him to play well. I expect him to play well. Because that's why we're paying him. That's why we bought him. 
That's why he's here. Okay? Enough with the babying bullshit, because if you continue to baby these guys, they're going to continue to think that they can get away with mediocre performances. Absolutely. Give somebody a crutch, and they will definitely use it. Oh, my God. Give them an inch, they'll take a mile. How many more (laughs) do we want to use today? Uh, So the other thing, uh, this whole idea that Enzo Fernandez is one of our problems. Well, I mean, th- that was just debunked yesterday because he didn't play and we weren't great. So there you go. There's the answer to your question cool. if Enzo is the problem or not. Yeah, I mean, pe- people who have been slagging off Enzo, if these people were around football, because I am guarantee these people weren't around or just weren't, say it, what, didn't have a voice. Um, people, people like Xavi, Iniesta, Zidane, wouldn't be these world-class players. They'd be these criticised players that are not good enough because they don't cons- they don't get GNA rubbish. Yeah. Zidane scored like a barely I don't know maybe three or four goals a season in all competitions. Zidane's the best player I've ever seen in my life ever, and he barely scored. But he was a setup man. Okay, <laughs> he he was he was a facilitator. He was the straw that stirs the drink. He didn't score. He he created goals, and he he drew people out. He was he was almost like a distraction, and uh, yeah. It, but GNA, I mean, look at his stats; they're very unimpressive. Didn't matter. Just watch him play, man. Oh, Iniesta, Iniesta and Jappy wouldn't be rated so highly in this day and age period if it was for stats. Ah, it's just it's just a lazy <laughs> it's a lazy argument. It's a box score fan. The guy just looks at the stats and says, "Oh, he must be good," or "Oh, he must be bad." Well, I mean, then you're not watching the games. Yeah. Uh, but you know, if they listen to me and you more often, and, and, and to to a lesser extent, Andrew. <laughs> why? Why? But, uh, I don't know why. Uh, why am I lesser than uh, you? <laughs> because it's banter, brother. It's banter. <laughs> Good on you, Andrew, to not let him get away with that comment. <laughs> hey, I support. Hey, I support your dad jokes, man. You should at least, uh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew's an elder statesman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it just the talent matters, um, and actually watching a player play matters. Like I told everybody about Amberbot, lack of athleticism not going to be good enough for the Premier League. What is he doing? Not athletic enough. Not going to be good enough for Manchester United. That was World Cup hype. Well, it's because they they see him play in a lesser league and go, oh, he's doing this in a lesser league. He that translate right translates right to the Premier League. No, it yeah, doesn't. The pace is the same, right? In Italy, no, it's not. Yeah, it's very everything's the same. Possible. It's definitely not. <laughs> that's why Lukaku's balling out at the moment. You know what I mean? Right. Pace. And that's why Timo Werner can go get 30 goals in the Bundesliga, but can't score 10 in the in the Premier League. Yeah, you I'll know, tell you what, if you guys want to see some wild shit. Just wait till Inter plays Roma. Holy fuck, man! There's, there's gonna be, there's gonna be some stuff going down in that game, man. And some then Napoli plays, stuff. yeah, AC Milan Napoli also. Yeah. That right that's gonna there. be a nice one too. But but yeah, the majority of those players. That's why Tamori is starting in the, in, for AC Milan, but can't kick a ball for Chelsea. Oh, we saw it. Tamori on Tuesday. I think it was like he got. Ripped apart, and let me preface this: it isn't Bappe, and he's done it to a lot. But we just saw the difference of going against a, a quality forward, and some that are in. There are some in the in Syria, but not not as many. The, bar. the difference. The difference. I mean, even when we played AC Milan, 
Tomorrow, yeah, we, yeah, tomorrow and that's not that's not even Mbappe. That is a Chelsea team that's not known for good attacking. We ripped them to shreds both games. We ripped yeah. Juventus a new asshole. Like, yeah, yeah. man. Yeah. It's when Ben Chilwell was playing at the top of his powers. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, the first thing I said yesterday was Chilwell would have scored that, right? <laughs> yeah, he scores. He sure scores goals, man. He's a goal scorer. I, I saw, I saw, I saw it pop through my phone. I was like, oh, here we go. It's one of them games again. <laughs> that's, that's sad, though, isn't it? When you have to go, yeah, Kukurea, yeah, uh, We had to refer back to left back scoring. We have to refer back to Chua. Chua would have scored that. It's like no, either Sterling, uh, Palmer, or Jackson or Madueke should have scored that. You know, right. Yeah, Got a left back making oh, a bunch of Oh my save. gosh! Oh my god, what a save! You saw it too, huh? Sh- yeah, I'm watching the game! Holy shit, Onana. What's my name? Holy crap! Good so lord, what a save that was. <laughs> What's some poor defense, though? Look at I mean, Lee. dude, Man <laughs> City is balling outrageous. It should be 4 0. Got Harry Maguire and Johnny Evans in that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Johnny Evans, Harry Maguire, your starting center backs in 2023. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, well, it is, it is what it is. Um, United are just shit anyway. So, at least, at least with us, I, 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 we are gen, we are shit at the moment at times, but we're still not not as bad as United. United are a complete mess. The problem is they're, they're ahead of us. That's the, that's the <laughs> <laughs> for, now, for now, for now, for now. They won't be ahead of us. That's what I'm saying. We, before yesterday's game, we, we played so well. And we went further behind them. We were already like, we were like a point behind them. But then we were like three points behind them. We just <laughs> I think we're like nine points off fourth, though. Yeah, we're nine points. Exactly. So as bad as we've been. Yeah, which just shows really, I don't know what it shows really, but. The league's the league. You can go from three wins to being great and three losses to being the worst. So yeah, that's that's why one takes points off each other. It's it's no it's no one team that just goes clear, apart yeah. from Man City every now and then. Well, Man City's winning and they're in third on twenty four points. Yeah. So uh, understand that it. That's why I have not changed third and the Carabao Cup is what I expect. This year, or this third in the FA Cup, but I, 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 I've always said fifth and fifth in the cup. Guys, don't put too much pressure on them; they'll fold. I just think yeah. we should do. I just think we should go really hard in the cups, no matter where we finish in the league. I just think we should go hard in the cups and try and win them. So I want to, I want to try and get a winning mentality into this squad. Like they, sure. they have a taste of winning things. They don't want to, they don't want to take, they want that taste again. We don't want to be like United and don't know what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make it mean something. Do you know what I mean? You have to obviously make it mean something. You can't go like, oh yeah, well we won the League Cup and an FA Cup one season, but we did nothing the next season. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Even 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 when United won the League Cup, you looked at their faces. They didn't know what to do with themselves. They were like, "Uh, is this what's 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 winning this this trophy? It's like it's like if if Tottenham were to ever actually win a trophy, I don't think these players would know what to do with it. (laughs) <laughs> the fans wouldn't know what to do with it, let alone the players. <laughs> well, all I have to say is that pressure uh, creates diamonds from coal. So, more pressure, the better. 
I, I always say, Jared, I want to see who's the phony tough and who's the crazy brave. Do you know what I mean? That's what I want to see. Mm-hmm. Because th- that would tell me a lot about this. That's why I'll go back to the, I go back to what I said like yesterday. I was waiting to see what the reaction was from the Arsenal game, whether they were big time Charlies or whether they were, you know, they actually had it now. They were going to be up for every game. And, you know, but, but first off, they were okay. But the second off, they just, they just went, they just went to shit, didn't they? Essentially, you know. Big, big time Charlie. Yeah, it's what um, Alex, there's a documentary in Alex Ferguson when in the treble side in 99. And there's a get, he's in the, he's in the dressing room. And he's talking about the Liverpool game that's coming up. And I think he's talking to a few players and he goes, let's, let's, um, Let's beat these big time charges because at the time Liverpool weren't that very good. They always got up to the big games like that against United and something like that. And they went, "Let's punish these big time charges." You uh, know where he got that from? Where? There was there was a there was a Texas congressman named Charlie Wilson, and they called him Good Time Charlie because he used to always bang hookers and do cocaine and and then also vote. <laughs> <laughs> so he got that from Charlie Wilson. Um, <laughs> good Time Charlie. <laughs> All right, so we, we want to do some final thoughts, Matthew. Yeah, I mean, uh, for me, just let's go into these next big games. We we're actually we're probably go, we'll probably go and win them. Um, not gonna lie. Um, obviously, you have got Blackburn, which if we do lose that, then we are mm. we are in a bit more serious trouble. Um, but let's just get this big run over and done with, and then see how we can deal with the low blocks in December. Oh, not low blocks, oh. defensive teams in December. I was close. <laughs> how how we get a defensive no team? Maddie Maddie Jargon, Maddie Jargon. There he is. I just, I just think I, I can't. I, I cannot wait to see us lose one 0 against Everton in December. <laughs> it's gonna. It, it's it's be the script. It'll be um nil nil, and then Everton will bring in some young striker that's never played a game for Everton, and he'll score his first goal. Interesting. Typical. Because we're just. But J Rod. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll look into the Everton youth and see how, what a striker can they put on um, against us. But hopefully Nkuku does change it. Um, fingers crossed. Um, but these players, they need to step up because ultimately they're the problem. Um, we haven't mentioned much about Poch, but there is nothing that needs to be said about Poch because Poch is doing the best he can. But sometimes when you're on the pitch, these players have got to do the job. And unfortunately, they're not doing it enough for the time. Agreed. Uh, any other guy, thoughts from you guys? Final thoughts? Yeah, there's no reason to sack the manager. Anybody who's saying it's potch out, you might need to have uh, at least give me an idea of who you would bring back in. And of course, that manager has to be available to be purchased. You know, don't yeah. tell me, oh, yeah. we need to bring in Diego Simeone. Not available, dude. Right. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. The fans would love his football. Yeah, yeah. that's a that's name. Not, they don't know what he actually plays. It's atrocious football. Do you know how much he gets paid as well? Forty-two million. He's the highest paid. I think he's the highest paid coach, right? In, in, the, in the world, by, he's a, he's by yeah. a large margin. He's paid more than Pep. Yeah. This guy. So I wonder yeah, what so, his buyout clause would be. His buyout clause would probably be even more than that. I mean, yeah, I, I know he's in the last year of his contract, but I bet, I bet it would be even more. And yet, everyone going about they didn't like. Sorry, Jeffrey, about anyway. You're right, it's football. You know what I mean? It's not the. I know he's played a bit more expansive the last year or so, but I watched him in Champions League. I don't. They stink. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like his football. 
Yeah. Yeah. It, it's but uh, again, you can't just oh well, well it's the coach's fault. He doesn't know what he's doing. He you know it's from Tottenham and blah blah blah. Well, uh, you know what? I'm sorry. There is not a coach in the world that is going to get any more out of these players, a certain a certain uh, amount of these players than Poch is. They're just not good enough. And until you change that and you have, you know, Man City is a big, you can look at Man City. And yes, they're still dominant and good, but they're not as good as they were when you still had Maurez there, when you still had all those, you know, <laughs> the team that, that went Centurion. They're not as good. Yes, they're still dominant, but they're not as good. They're not on the same level because quality on the pitch matters more than anything else. You could have a crap coach and you can still have high quality players that do things. Mm-hmm. Vice versa, you could have a hor- you could have a great coach and terrible talent and he only, can only do so much with them because it's, there's nothing there to coach. They're just not good enough. And that's, until we, we, we get past the point and we stop hyping these players up until they actually do something, mm-hmm. you know, just for the simple fact that, oh, I saw him play uh, a, a League Two side and, and, you know, he scored a hat trick. Well, who cares? A League Two side. You know, come on. We don't play in League Two. Until you get better, higher quality players, you're going to have to deal with what you got. Andrew, final thoughts? Well, um need to beat back Blackburn on Wednesday, I think it is, or, or Tuesday, wherever it is, and then get one of the uh, lower league teams that are in the other fixtures. There's about two or three, so I want that on the easiest run possible to Wembley. I'm not in, I'm not this romantic person that needs to say we need to play the biggest teams. I couldn't give and couldn't give a couldn't give a hell what we who we play. So hopefully we do that, and then on to Spurs. Um, I do, <laughs> given what I've seen the last two games, I do believe we'll play better. Um, given like I said they've got a big time Charlie uh, mentality so I think they'll play better in the next few games and you know what there's just need to we need to get a, a, a result I've I, I, I sort of given I don't know Man City game I, I'm not too sure about obviously because it's Man City the Spurs game you know what Palace had a go at them I think they're not Angie's going to give you a lot of chances the way he plays football Oh, and, and and Tottenham are the perfect team for us to face at the moment. Yeah, I think they're. Be- yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, obviously they've got great attacking talent and stuff like that, but they will give you a chance. And I think there's an extra spice of something to end there to like to end there on beaten run would be very nice as well. Um, but yeah, we just got to go into the next few games and see what happens. I do. I think I saw him this week say something about maybe Enkuku might be ready or might see him after the international break. So he could come into the Christmas fixtures, but just get get through against Blackburn first, and then uh, we'll see if we get in the draw in the quarterfinals. But we need we need yeah we just need to to get some points on the board, uh, especially so good times. Uh, my final thoughts are Nkunku striker until January. I have four names, four names for strikers that I'd like us to look at. I think any of them would be an upgrade on what we currently have. First one, obviously, Oshman, Ivan Tony. I have two more names. One is Ollie Watkins, and the other is Dominic Calvert-Lewin. I would like to look at all four of those players. Well, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, great signing for our uh, hospital department. 
But yeah, He's I mean, a handsome man. Good hair. <laughs> of course, of course. Is, is it the hair? It's great hair. All right. Well, Andrew, thank you for coming on. I had there to sneak go. in my Ollie Watkins plug. I have to do it every That's time. Right. And uh, all right. Well, take us home, Maddie. Yes. Yeah, so thank you all for listening uh, to another wonderful episode. Obviously, you can catch us on both Apple and Spotify. Um, make sure you tune in, uh, give it a download and give us a rating on both platforms. Um, we can accept positive or negative feedback. So fire away. But whatever you give us, it, it's better to have more reviews than not. Uh, so thank you for all listening and we'll see you for another, again for another episode on the Blue Code Project podcast. Hey, wait a minute. My-